I'm obviously a big fan of all mysteries, and sometimes when we do these lists, it forces me to look up specific kinds of stories. So today, we just have a classic list, unrelated mysteries that I think you guys are going to find interesting. So welcome to this Patreon-only patrons episode. We have murder, missing persons, strange occurrences, and ghosts in today's episode. Hope you enjoy it. Here are five strange unsolved mysteries. Number five, the mysterious trunk of Harper's Ferry National Park. Among the calmness of Harper's Ferry National Historical Park in West Virginia, there lies a strange mystery that remained unsolved for nearly a decade. Back on May 13th of 1996, an off-duty park ranger taking her nightly stroll stumbled upon an oddly placed steamer trunk that was nestled on the side of the park's entrance. With no radio at her disposal, resolved to report the strange find the following morning, as fate would have it, before the first rays of dawn touched the ground, Sheriff's Deputy Clark Jackson made the grisly discovery that the trunk contained a double-bagged body. Tightly wound with tape, the trunk, upon inspection, revealed two duffel bags, one inside the other. As Jackson peeled back the layers, he found old clothes concealing the gaunt form of a senior male, clad only in a pajama top. The striking emaciation of the five-foot-seven figure, weighing a mere 111 pounds, painted a dire picture of his final days. Toxicology reports detected heavy tranquilizer dosages in his system, and forensic results stated he died of strangulation compounded by blunt force trauma to the head. It was clearly a murder case, but the bizarre placement of the trunk just a couple feet from an overlook bewildered investigators. Had it been pushed a tad further, the trunk would have sunk into the depths of the river erasing any evidence of the macabre act, so why leave it? Investigators were left pondering if this was an ill-thought-out disposal or a cruel intention of ensuring the body was found. The prevailing theory centered on a grim reality faced by many in their twilight years. The elderly often fall victim to those entrusted with their care, and their deaths, tragically, are usually chalked up to natural causes. The unknown victim's condition pointed towards a potential burden homicide or even a sinister murder-for-profit motive. With no immediate leads on the identity of the victim, investigators turned to the medical microvalve found in his heart. But the trail ran cold as the information that could link the valve to its owner was never returned. Years passed and the unidentified man became a specter haunting the corridors of unsolved mysteries. That was until November of 2003 when a match was made through a fingerprint database. The John Doe was revealed as 75-year-old Jasper F. Jack Watkins, identified through his military records. The threads of Jack's life then began to unravel, leading authorities to a dark web of deception woven by Nancy Siegel. Introduced to Jack as a seller of burial vaults, Siegel had swindled her way into his life, systematically isolating him from his friends and family while steadily draining his assets. The layers of deceit were deep, 
From fraudulent credit cards to a stolen identity, Siegel's treachery knew no bounds. It was her relentless greed, coupled with Jack's vulnerability, that culminated in the heart-rending scene at Harper's Ferry Park. The nefarious tale reached its climax in 2009. Nancy, now a proven murderer and con artist, was sentenced to a lengthy 33 years behind bars, followed by a strict five-year supervised probation. As to why she didn't push it into the water, well, that was never answered. Number four, the mysterious disappearance of Randy Leach. In the town of Limwood, Kansas, 1988 would forever be marked by the haunting absence of a candy apple red 1969 Mustang and its eager owner, Randy Leach. As with most mysteries, the story behind the vanishing act is woven with heartbreak, hope, and countless unanswered questions. Randy Leach, a 17-year-old high school senior, was passionate about the restoration of his beloved Mustang. Alberta, his mother, recalls, he was so excited to have it restored, but he never got to see what it looked like all the way finished. He never got to drive it. With only one week left until his graduation from Linwood High, Randy went missing after attending a classmate's party. A towering figure at 6'2", Randy was the cherished only child of Harold in Alberta. Born a few weeks premature, he emerged as a tiny little baby, but grew to be a responsible teenager with big dreams and aspirations. Beyond his interest in cars, he loved the family farm, cared for animals, and displayed a knack for fixing lawnmowers. In fact, Randy was so proficient with these machines that his parents gifted him a new lawnmower just two days before his mysterious disappearance. On the fateful night of April 15th of 1988, Randy headed over to Stout's convenience store, visited the site where his Mustang was being restored, and finally headed to that graduation party located just five miles from his family's home. But a hazy picture emerges from there, with some suggesting the party was rife with alcohol and drugs. The real mystery begins with the timeline of Randy's departure from that party. Reports claimed he might have left around 2 a.m., but no concrete evidence of his departure time exists. What is certain is that Randy, along with his mother's 1985 Dodge sedan, vanished without a trace. Despite extensive searches and investigations by local authorities, searching the waterways and all the woods, Randy's whereabouts remain a haunting mystery. As years turned into decades, rumors swirled around the town, with whispers suggesting a possible connection to a satanic cult or that Randy's remains were concealed in a local cave. Yet all these leads ended in dead ends, leaving his distraught parents to cling to the hope that one day, the truth might reveal itself. The heartbreaking absence of Randy is still seen today at the Leech House. His unworn graduation suit still resides in his closet, an eerie testament to the life that was abruptly halted. Outside, the Mustang gleams in its full glory, now restored to Randy's desired candy apple red. His father, Harold, occasionally takes it out on the road as a reminder of their lost son. Over three decades have passed, but the urgency to solve the case has never dwindled for the Leach family. 
Despite facing numerous setbacks, including the state's refusal to reopen the case, Randy's parents have resolutely soldiered on, propelled by an unwavering love for their son. Alberta's words resonate deeply. We know he's gone, but we still want to know where he is. We want to bury our son and finally have peace. We're still fighting for him. To anyone out there with knowledge about Randy's disappearance, the Leach family awaits your call, and so does the restless spirit of Linwood, Kansas. Number three, the enigma of Gurdon Light. Deep in the heart of Arkansas, mystery has lingered for almost a century. Nestled approximately 85 miles south of Little Rock, the town of Gurdon sits peacefully. But just outside the town lines, there lies an eerie spectacle that continues to captivate those who witness it, the Gurdon Light. The first reports of this ethereal luminescence floating above the railroad tracks near Gurdon emerged during the 1930s. A mysterious glow that defies both time and logic it has been the subject of countless local tales, speculations, and even scientific examinations. Some say it's a mere reflection of car headlights from the distant Interstate 30. However, this theory crumbles as the light's existence predates the construction of the highway by several decades. So then, could it possibly be the radiant emissions from swamp gas? This too seems implausible as the light has been known to appear under every conceivable type of weather condition. The most freaky and yet widely accepted explanation, though, ties this supernatural light to the tragic fate of a railroad worker. As per the tale, a worker met a gruesome end on those tracks, having been decapitated by a train. Locals believe that the haunting orb is none other than the lantern of the restless spirit forever seeking his lost head. Over the tale takes an even darker turn when you delve deeper into the annals of Gurdon's history. Many believe that the light is inextricably linked to the brutal murder of William McLean, a foreman with the Missouri Pacific Railroad Company. In December of 1931, a confrontation between McLean and an employee named Louis McBride over worked hours boiled over. McBride, in a fit of rage and desperation induced by the throes of the Great Depression, struck McLean with a shovel. He then mercilessly ended McLean's life with a spike maul. It was shortly after this grim incident that the Gurdon light was first reported. Thus, many came to the chilling realization that the light could very well be the ethereal manifestation of McLean's lantern, signaling his eternal unrest. Even today, the light can still be seen on certain nights. Thousands of people have watched it, and as a result, as the years rolled by, the legend of the Gurdon Light only grew, turning the railroad tracks into a popular attraction, particularly around Halloween. Word of this spectral phenomenon reached such heights that in 1994, Unsolved Mysteries decided to turn its investigative lens onto Gurdon. The show not only recreated the heinous crime of 1931, but also documented the mysterious light, thus etching the tale even deeper into the history of America's unsolved mysteries. Today, the enigma of the Gurdon Light remains unsolved. 
Whether it's a natural occurrence, an optical illusion, or the tragic remnants of a life taken too soon, one thing is certain. The Gurdon light continues to mesmerize, terrorize, and baffle those who encounter it. Number two, the haunting of Black Forest. In the heart of the Black Forest in Colorado, an area known for its verdant canopies and dense woods, is a scary story that not many have heard of. For centuries, the Black Forest region was home to Native American tribes. Proof of this can be found in the many arrowheads and ancient charcoal pits, which date back nearly 800 years. Originally populated by the Utes and Comanches, it served as a sanctuary for its dense timber used for constructing shelters and creating fires. But by the 1800s, power dynamics shifted as the Kiowa tribe entered the scene. Over their stay was short-lived as the formidable alliance of the Arapaho and Cheyenne tribes expelled them, marking the final Native American occupancy in this territory. The forest timber drew settlers in droves by the 1860s, transforming the landscape with sawmills catering to the burgeoning railroad and mining industries. By the late 19th century, the land evolved again, with farming and notably lucrative potato cultivation shaping its identity. But as the years went by, agriculture gradually diminished, replaced by vast ranches and eventually housing subdivisions in the 1960s. It's in this setting that the Lee family came into the picture, purchasing one of the five-acre plots in the Black Forest, which was uniquely situated atop the Denver Basin. But this new home, which seemed like a dream come true, quickly morphed into their worst nightmare. Mere weeks after moving in, the Lees faced some very strange occurrences. Lights danced in their living room like fireworks. Noises, like footsteps on their roof and chains rattling, filled their nights. Eerie shadows and bizarre lights appeared in their children's bedrooms as well. But the most disturbing was the chemical odors that seemed to engulf the house periodically, causing burning sensations in their nostrils and throats. In an attempt to understand these mysterious events, Steve Lee equipped the house with high-end security systems. Alarms would frequently sound off without reason, after countless police interventions yielded no answers as well, private investigators were then hired. Matters took a darker twist when photographs taken around the house began to exhibit anomalies. Strange streaks of light, even faces and animal shapes. When conventional explanations failed to suffice, Elise wondered if the supernatural might be at play. Seeking clarity, they reached out to the Sightings TV show in 1995. The crew, accompanied by psychic Echo Bodine, quickly experienced the same unworldly events. From a hot spot on thermal imaging, mirroring where Bodine felt the spirit's presence, to forceful energies experienced by crew members, the Black Forest houses haunting nature became even more palpable. The most chilling revelation, however, came from another psychic, Peter James, who inspected the place, when he mentioned a man named Howard, a figure close to the Lees. He spoke of Howard's son, who had died under mysterious circumstances, 
hinting at an untimely death and his attempts to communicate from the afterlife. Lees began to suspect that the land itself, steeped in ancient history and spiritual energy, might be the source of these baffling events. Desperate for answers and admittedly a little scared, Lees sought the guidance of a Hopi shaman, a spiritual leader versed in the ancient customs and rituals of the Native American tribes. The shaman, after observing the home and the manifestations therein, introduced the family to a concept that was both fascinating and terrifying the rainbow vortex. This wasn't just a beautiful, natural phenomenon or a mere play of light. The rainbow vortex, he explained, was a passageway, a bridge between our world and the spirit realm. What all this exactly was has never been answered, so the black forest haunting is still a freaky mystery to this day. Number one. The Mysterious Fall of Ivana Smith In the bustling city of Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, the old world blends seamlessly with the new, a mystery unfolded that would captivate the world. The death of Ivana Smith, a budding 19-year-old Dutch model, turned what could have been a story of success and stardom into a tragic tale of intrigue, suspicion, and the relentless pursuit of the truth. It was a somber December morning in 2017 when a condominium in the city would become the epicenter of a story that no one could ignore. Ivana's lifeless naked body was discovered on a balcony, having apparently plummeted from the 20th story of the high-rise. The details of the events leading up to the tragic moment became even more tantalizing as the penthouse from which Ivana allegedly fell belonged to Alex Johnson, a 40-year-old American, and his 31-year-old wife, Luna Almaskizi. Revelations in the media painted a picture of a wild night of partying, a mixture of drugs, alcohol, and a tangled web of intimate relationships between the model and the expat couple. The initial police response concluded the heartbreaking incident was a simple accident. There was no foul play, so case closed. Johnson and Luna, who seemed to be at the center of the mystery, conveniently exited Malaysia, leaving a trail of unanswered questions behind. However, a family's love knows no boundaries, and the Smiths weren't satisfied with the answers they got. They sought a second opinion, an inquest into Ivana's death, and it wasn't long before their suspicions seemed to be validated. A 2019 coroner's report unveiled unsettling findings. Ivana had suffered trauma to the back of her head, hinting at a struggle. More shockingly, she might have been dead even before her fall. The word misadventure became the coroner's official stamp on the case, a term that didn't sit well with the grieving family, who knew that there was more to Ivana's death than what met the eye. Pushing forward, the Smiths launched a legal battle, their aim was to challenge the coroner's decision. The High Court of Malaysia seemed to understand their plight and ruled in their favor. The order? A fresh new investigation into Ivana's mysterious end. But this was not the end of their battle. Ivana's parents pointed fingers at the very authorities responsible for uncovering the truth. They accused the police and government of negligence, 
specifically pointing to the oversight in detaining and extracting the expat couple, Johnson and Luna. The authorities fought back, attempting to shield themselves behind the Police Act of 1967, claiming immunity. But justice would not be deterred. The High Court, in a landmark decision, decided the lawsuit held merit and allowed it to proceed. This is not a plain and obvious case to be struck out. The defendants claim that they have immunity under the Police Act of 1967 is also a serious question of law which should go into a trial, remarked Judicial Commissioner Rose Mawa Rosane. And so, the quest for truth continues. Ivana Smith's name remains a haunting reminder that sometimes justice demands perseverance, determination, and an unwavering belief in the face of seemingly insurmountable odds. There you guys go. A little bit of everything today to pique your interest. Over here on Patreon, I love hearing from you guys, so hit me up with any stories you may want to hear. I'll see if I can cover them. Thanks for tuning in and the support. We all really appreciate it. I hope you have a great day or night. I'll see you soon.